for me. Mm. I have a boutique little practice mm. in London. Um, I have a, a, a business where you know it's small at the moment, and 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 it's more about the impact that we can have on the young veterinarians and the the, the practice owners. And I would rather have a big impact on a small number of people mm. than a, be spread a, a, very thin. Yeah, than yep. yeah, a, a mile wide and mm. an inch deep. Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the Per Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery, with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And this is Dr. Susan Little. And I'm so excited because this is part two yeah. of our podcast. You know, we normally do podcasts at around 20 minutes, 25 yeah. minutes, nice and short. And so we have two with the awesome Dr. <laughs> Dave Nichol. Hello. Yes. Who doesn't do anything short except no. my height. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's wonderful well. that you're here again for this podcast. Yes, thank and, you. Uh, and so that's uh, then, I guess, number uh, 20 maybe oh. around. Well, yeah, it might be number right. 20 because he's already yes. reserved number 19. Exactly. So. so that's it. So. How, how different do you think the veterinary environment is in, in uh, let's say, the U.S. compared to U.K. or Australia? Because I've lectured in all those three places. Right. And it's not ho- homogeneous by any no, means. No, no, right? it, it isn't. It isn't. Mm. I think the desire to want to do good medicine exists and Everywhere. is ra- largely the same mm. within the professional community. Yeah. Probably the difference is, certainly over here, the difference is space. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, you guys over in, in North America can build these Taj Mahal, and there's definitely mm-hmm. a tendency to want to do that. You know, there was one. There's always a discussion: How are you going to get bigger? How are you going to get bigger? How are you going to scale? Blah blah blah. And I and I start to wonder if that's one of the most toxic questions in business, mm-hmm. because it, 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 it assumes that that scaling is the right thing, that yeah. big is the right thing for yeah. everyone. Yeah. We know that people are stressed up to the eyeballs yep. with a lot of this stuff. Yep. And sometimes I think, you know, I, I, in my career I thought, oh, I'll go big, I'm gonna buy a lot of clinics and I'm gonna roll them up and do that. And then I think, but why? Hmm. Is that gonna add value to anyone's life? Sure, it's gonna add a lot of shareholder value. Hmm. But small can be beautiful as well. And mm. I heard this amazing interview with a French chef who's got a place in New York, and I, I forget his name, um, which, uh, you know, I'll, I'll send it to you and you can link it mm-hmm. up in the show notes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, and his thing was, and it was almost a carbon copy of my own thinking. He'd gone big, he'd done things, he wasn't a great leader, he found Buddhism actually, and then he chilled out heaps, and he, he has this restaurant with, you know, and it's, it has the highest accolades, but it's his little baby. He mm. meditates for about two hours a day, and I don't do anything like that. Mm. Um, and he goes in and he creates, it's alchemy, he creates an experience and he's rated and popular because he does something of such exquisitely high quality, yeah. there's value in that. And I think in our society at times we place, you know, we hold people up in high esteem and, 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 uh, and pedestals who build big things. For big. Because we can't get our head around big. Yeah. Big does not always mean beautiful. And, and that's not me criticizing mm-hmm. people who build big things. No. But I, I've started to think maybe that's not where I want to operate. I'm happy to help people build big things. But for me, mm. I have a boutique little practice mm. in London um, I have a, a, a business where you know it's small at the moment and, and, and it's more about the impact that we can have on the young veterinarians and the, the, the practice owners and I would rather have a big impact on a small number of people mm. than... Be a, spread a, a, very thin. Yeah, than, yep. yeah a, a mile wide and mm. an inch deep mm. isn't 
yeah. isn't the territory. And before we go there, because I yeah. want to talk about FedEx for sure, but yeah. um, and I have to. Uh, talk about that too because it's it's kind of funny what I thought that was in my, <laughs> yeah you know, and then yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but before yeah, we I go there I was there at that moment I, when I, I realized I, what he I, thought it was I, I just <laughs> wanted to, to <laughs> emphasize that our audience most of the time consists of one person feline practices that right. are really small right. Yeah. are a niche yes. sometimes yeah. it's difficult to get yeah. the clients yeah. in but when the clients are there they're very dedicated yeah. Uh, we went to a practice in Brazil that yeah. was purely cat multi yeah. tiny doctor yeah. practice yeah. that yeah. was very tiny yeah. but it was amazing yeah. and what they do for those cats yeah. is right. just unbelievable and people adore yeah. them so yeah. what you're saying is if you do something really really good right. you will get the business yeah. I think so yeah. and and I've consulted with and and uh, practice owners and, and you're right and, and to come back to the original question which I often it's like Billy it's Connolly's jokes they just go somewhere and eventually and we'll get there sooner or later but I, I think a, a, a lot of there's similarity in the cat practices around the world that I, I have seen there's one or two I know that are bigger like the cat clinic mm -hmm. in Oxford mm -hmm. is, a, is, a, is a bigger course. deal but but for the most part they are they are smaller um, businesses yep. and, and, I, and I love that niching down yep. um, because I you know you know that's the, the classic thing when the dog owner and the cats are on the weight room and it's a stress head and the dog owner walks in and and says oh he's good with cats yeah it's like, he's not good with that cat yeah and the cat the cat's not good with yeah, him yeah yeah that's right yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah we'll have we'll yeah. have clients say oh oh but my my cat is good with dogs you know he lives with a dog he doesn't right. live with that dog. he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah right it's very exactly. specific yeah yes yeah. there are human parallels yeah, yeah. you can imagine yeah yeah, um, yeah. Forward work I, but uh, you know i i think your point is is really well taken uh, we made the decision um, I think initially accidentally, but now we're really happy we made right. it to stay small. I have right. two cat practices, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. right? And we do what we do well. Right. Right. So and, what and I, and I don't want to, I don't want to, it, it would totally change if I tried to it, it scale was, that up. Right, yeah. right. So right. what are the, I would say the top three tips for a small feline practice to make it more successful? All right. Ah. I'm not sure you need to go past one. What is the okay. top one What's tip? One? Higher the right people, people. Mm. you know and I think that's where scale starts to trip people up yeah. um, you know the bigger organizations are making great profit by rolling people into health plans mm -hmm. and by mm -hmm. crushing their cost of goods mm -hmm. but not necessarily through efficient practice mm -hmm. and engaged team members mm -hmm. uh, and again that's not a criticism of bigger business we know from Gallup surveys across mm -hmm. the entire workforce that only about a third of people working in businesses are what we'd call engaged so for a smaller boutique business, this is the competitive advantage. The problem is that we're not grasping that. And mm. uh, and so when you bring the wrong person into a small team, it's crippling. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not okay. talking about you know somebody who is overtly you know super sabotaging your business. And it usually isn't that. No. But, no. Well, it, it's somebody who mm. is just not a great mm. culture fit. And mm. and the you know I I, I, I have a hiring process that's like seven to nine steps long regardless of the position so if you want to come in and be a kennel hand you're going to go through a version of this process because one of our core values is that we want people that will work hard for each other 
Now, if you if you get upset when we you know, we ask we write goofy we write goofy adverts, you know, and that's one of the great things about boutique practices. You have yeah. amazing control mm-hmm. over culture, yeah, yeah. Cool. and and it's it can be quirky, and that's part yeah. of the fun. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. attract your tribe based on yeah. the culture, yeah, yeah. and that means clients and and, yeah. and team members. So, I, and I don't like to call them staff; I like to call them team, team members. members. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, uh, so, so we write goofball adverts that are epic, like they're long, because I want detail-focused people, and detail-focused people will read, we'll read a long advert. So we're already filtering out the people who are like me, I who like would like read idea. the, like my Just ideal the top yeah. line. Yeah. Right, my ideal job ad would be, um, are you Scottish? Call Dave, <laughs> and like fixing broken practices. <laughs> Help now, and then duck. No, and the duck now would be a Doctor Who reference, right? So, um, and that, and I'd be like, I'm there. I'm don't, there. don't care how much it costs, right? So, but I don't want people like me in my yeah. practice. Like, there's one of me is quite enough. enough. One's enough. It's enough. Right? Wait, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Eject, eject. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so write the advert. Go fishing for the person that you want, and and start building in those culture, you know, the values elements, and, and make them explicit in your job ad. Like, this place is about this, and if you show up and don't like that don't come here mm. don't be afraid to turn the wrong people away and mm. um, because by doing that and being very clear about what you want most most job ads are written generically to try and attract as many people as possible and so they're vanilla they're gray and they end up yeah. attracting nobody yeah so there, don't be vanilla there is no recruitment crisis for practices with good culture mm. or very vastly reduced right there, but there's a big recruitment crisis for everyone else who doesn't have culture because People just don't buy the BS anymore. Mm. They've been burned too many times. They don't want bad culture. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so just putting this into practice, I know that Dr. Yeah. Little is looking for a... Yeah, I'm a, looking for an associate. Yes, and right. so how's your description? Is it vanilla or is it really... Right yeah, to the point. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Like I feel, I feel a little on the spot critique. here. Yeah, no. It's actually very short and it basically <laughs> says, would you like to work with me? Oh. Well, no, but now see now that that's a, that's my that's the social media one. It's very it's very short, and, it, and it's you, more or less. Do you like cats? You have talk to me. Presence. So it's built around that, don't. right? But, but that's an important point because what we, you know, a lot of us, m- many of us think about marketing. Um, fewer of us, but we should be thinking about recruitment in the same terms as we think about marketing. attracting clients. Right. So we have a practice brand, but do we have an, mm-hmm. a curated employer brand? And, and most of us, again, don't, mm. which, and so how do you create an employer brand? Well, one, it's partly through your marketing because mm-hmm. they're gonna cyber stalk you. Sure. It's lining up the authenticity of what you're putting out with what's happening within. And then it's engaging your, your, your team um, to be your advocates and, and creating a culture that, you know, if you have a practice, that you, you know you've got a good practice when the drug reps are coming in and they're like, oh, I love coming here. There's mm. just such a buzz. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and if you're not hearing that, then, you should strive to hear that. Yeah. Like, it yeah. might also be threatening, though. I mean, what? if you said to work for you, the, the no, goddess of... No, I say work with. I never say work for. Yeah. Work I always with say work you, with. the goddess of Phila Medicine. No, no, I in, am in, such a little peon. In How our last session, two people said to me, oh, I hear you're looking for an associate. Can I send you my CV? Oh. Right. And I, I think for a niche thing like feline medicine, uh, you have... A, you so do I was have taking a, that approach. Yeah. yeah, you have a big advantage because mm. there are there are many, many crazy cat people out there, mm. right? Um, and as I'm a cat owner, so you know I can say that. Um, uh, stamp, stamp. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Crazy cat guy. I was waiting for it. Crazy cat guy. Thud. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and people will travel. One, yeah, they will. Because they've got their passion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you have a culture, mm-hmm. 
and you're in a location <laughs> that, that is a pleasant place to be and a salary yep. that rewards the right things and a structure that rewards the right things, then I think you're in a very yep. strong position. We're to interviewing right a yeah. candidate in Australia so did right. next week. So did you know, I mention so yeah. it's minus 35 there right now? I don't mention the uh, weather. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I mean, and you probably should. No, but what you probably should do is, is absolutely mention it and say, if you like freezing <laughs> your bits off, true. True. Uh, like tolerize. If, if you like being confined to your home for six months, digging your drive right. you every day right. if you like uh, binging on Netflix for six months if right. you think right. that you, you actually are see any cats. penguin in a you know human yeah. forum then uh, yes, please go I tend to leave that bit out <laughs> right, right. you know it's like, Canada you, you I'm assuming squeeze up a little bit because you're, you're drifting half the Wind Feline Foundation has been funding cat health studies for 51 years. If you have a cat or have ever treated a cat, nearly everything we know was once funded by this nonprofit, totaling about $6.5 million. From understanding retroviruses, FELV and FIV, to more recently targeting gene defects responsible for HCM in the Ragdoll and Maine Coon breeds. The Wind Feline Foundation Pet Memorial Program offers veterinary professionals an opportunity to reassure clients that their beloved cats have not been forgotten. And those dollars support health studies that benefit the lives of all cats. Contributions totaling $150 or more receive a certificate suitable for framing or display in your clinic. Imagine being able to treat kidney disease more effectively, using stem cell therapy to cure stomatitis, or drugs to treat FIP are actually within grasp. Consider your support in telling your clients about the Win Feline Foundation and a free newsletter at winfelinefoundation.org. Yeah, so, but that, I, I think it's really interesting, and I think the, uh, a lot of the younger people are le really looking forward to the work culture yeah. instead mm, yeah. of yeah, yeah. you know they want to work really really hard as long as the work culture is good as long as their life balance is good yeah. mm. I mean that's what they're looking for and mm. it's just so a lot of the descriptions of jobs that I read it's not talking about it at all they just talk about all the wonderful instruments that they have right yeah and people right. Are the like, nuts hmm. and bolts so it's all this and it looks like everybody else's so how do you do yes. something we, we have we have we have a you know clearly a big problem right now with um, burnout with people struggling mm. in the profession but mm. burnout really is all about the state of mind you go into work mm. and if your state of mind is this is a challenge this is struggle street like I'm gonna get shouted at by a client um, I'm not gonna get thanked by my boss um, I'm not feeling valued or rewarded if your needs are consistently not being met on an emotional level yep. by the work you're doing yep. you could work a day a week and still be burned out for that day you, you, you will actually spend three or four days you know, you'll spend a, a day with the, the work hangover afterwards couple of days feeling okay and then the anxiety mm. of having to go back there Builds will kick up, in. Yeah. Conversely, if you find a home where the team values are aligned, where the, the leadership allows you to grow and to flourish and mentors and supports you and rewards you when you grow and supports you when you fail, um, where your emotional needs and, and, and you know, you have six fundamental emotional needs to, to, to have certainty you can fulfill your uh, physiological needs. But also the other end of that is to master the job that you you train so hard to do mm. the thing that you believe your purpose mm. if you if you can progress towards the goal of being competent as a healer then you're going to feel great about that it's mm. going to meet your need mm -hmm. next up you're going to have um, variety 
in, in your day to day. So you need to be able to control the variety that you're, you have going on in your life. Um, and veterinary practice as a model is kind of broken in that regard because we get a new problem thrown at us every 15 minutes and we're not in control. Mm. And, then, and that's the scheduled stuff. So then three emergencies walk through the door and we wind up in this nightmare situation where we don't get our lunch, our blood sugar's low, we're dehydrated, uh, and then we're snapping at colleagues and now we have conflict within the practice. Okay, yep. so certain, so variety struggling. Emotional connection, love and connection. Like we get that through animals principally. We tolerate our, our colleagues mm, and mm-hmm. we just dislike our clients because yeah. we feel like we're yeah. going to be in conflict all the time. Um, are we growing? There's the next one. If, if you know, the human condition is to grow. If we're not growing, then there's there's a problem. And in the veterinary industry, particularly, like there's all the CE. We love it. The reason mm. there's so many thousand people here is because yeah. we love to grow. And then, do we have some purpose? Uh, to what it is we're trying to do and 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 do we feel significant now those are your basic six needs if you build a culture and you have a if you, this is one of the most important exercises i think a business owner can do is to give themselves a score out of 10 on whether they're allowing their teams to meet those needs with mm-hmm. a high 10 mm-hmm. or, or you know and if you can do that in four of those categories and i would suggest growth and purpose should be in there certainty look the, the key thing here is if, and what I've, what I've realized through this framework is if you help people grow, then they feel like they're mastering things. Yeah. If they can do things more, they can generate more revenue, that boosts their certainty further. So their, their esteem is going up. If they can do things better, they can have controlled variety. Like they're no longer stressed at the diabetic ketoacidotic cats coming in. Mm. Now there's the, you know, that's a problem for us in the fear-based climate that we're in as mm. well because we're afraid to take risks. Yes. So, which again comes back to mentoring. So mentoring helping people grow helps that as well if you're a great leader and you help people grow around you guess what your mm. your connection to them is better and their connection to you mm-hmm. and the whole team like you start to develop culture mm-hmm. if you're better at your job you're more confident so clients aren't so snarky with you because mm. they believe in you so you know your connection and love with clients is increasing meanwhile you're getting closer to fulfilling your ultimate purpose which is to heal and how significant do you feel when you can do all of that? Growth is absolutely the, the, the linchpin to, to veterinary happiness. So if we can mentor, support, make failure safe, r- limit the downside of failure, reward limited uh, calculated risk taking, which is a necessary part of growth, mm. um, that to me is how you start getting very engaged team members and build amazing cultures. So you just gotta hire the people that are the, the worker bees mm. the, or, or the people that match your culture and start building frameworks of support around them to help them grow. And so so here's the thing though. Yeah. So many of us kind of back into being a practice owner, right? Right. right. So you, you, like me, you end up in that position um, having no knowledge of any of this, having no particular skill set except that right. the bank gave me enough money. <laughs> that was my sole criteria for becoming a practice owner. Right. The bank agreed to give me a loan, right? That's. Yeah. This, no, is, not yeah, we, no, this not, is not unusual. This is not unusual. Right and, uh, yeah. and, and you probably also became unemployable somewhere else, right? In, right. Well, That's the other quickly, part. Yeah, quickly, quickly. Yeah. So here's the thing. So you find yourself in this leadership role, and you don't know how to. You don't even know you need to be a leader, frankly. Right. You don't even know you need to be a leader. Right. And honestly, it's taken me probably a good twenty years yes. to really mm-hmm. start to understand that because you know, uh, I, I I had to, like, I'm not that bright, right? So I kind of had to figure out. <laughs> First, you don't know what you don't know. We have this on tape. <laughs> but you, but you don't know what you don't know. I'm dumber. 
And certainly at the time when I was starting to figure this out, there wasn't a lot of mm -hmm. um, access to you know practice management resources and growth right, and all of right, this, right? right. So I kind of had to you know figure it out myself. Uh, now I get um, uh, lots of help from people like you and yeah. and, and other people. Mm -hmm. But it just it it makes me mindful of the fact that most of us don't walk into practice management thinking I know I need to be a good leader. I I know what the tools are. It's not how it works. No, right? And, and there's actually that is that is one of the strongest arguments for you know play to your strong suits mm. and for a lot of doctors your strong suit is being in the exam room with clients yeah. building your clinical skills and deploying those skills in a profitable fashion yes what allows you to do that and makes your job a lot less stressful is having a good practice manager yeah with that skill I'm set you can bring it to the, the table I'm but also they have to meet your values yeah you know? Yep. So I hate to break this up. We have about five minutes left, and I want to switch the topic a oh. little bit to what you're working on right yes, now. Yes, we do want to um, talk about that. Because I'm now a young practitioner. I'm a magically I'm gone back in time. time. Most yes. wonderful what metamorphosis. Yeah. About, yeah. What's your secret? Just in about, front of our eyes, we've <laughs> seen this transformation. I just changed thirty years in <laughs> one, like uh, just like share. Um, and uh, so, and and I, I want to start a feline practice. I feel very uncomfortable. Mm. I just come out of vet school, and I don't know where to go. And I think what you are doing right now is so amazing because you create a platform for people to help them for the first steps. Can you talk about that? Right, mm. so so VETEX International is, uh, it really is a stepwise journey along the road of leadership. And can I tell you what I thought it was? Oh, yes, oh dude, I want to hear this. This is yeah, actually you're much you're more interesting to talk about. So I'm a very <laughs> visual person and I was looking at your emblem and I was like, Fat sex? I knew he was going to say You, you what, could guess, right? No, yeah. There's a certain amount of reading between the lines. It literally there. like stopped him in his tracks for a few minutes. We there. have quite an incredible growth rate <laughs> <laughs> in many, many ways. So, I bet you have a, a, a large social media I'm seeing, following. I'm seeing, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing an alternate opportunity <laughs> here. <laughs> well, hey, there, but for one letter, you've got an alternate career. I'm just I saying. Know, just, we were talking about Lap of Love with Mary. Lap of Love with Mary. <laughs> right, you, know? you got vet sex and laugh yeah, of love. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, really, yeah. You know, where's yeah. your pole? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, you know, if this little gig fails for you, you've got the name. There's, it's always it. there. I'll just. So I'm, we're just saying in yes, case. Just got it. Saying. All right, I've also go already ahead. reserved the URLs. So. <laughs> Good for you. Um, so, but but that's not what it's about. No. But that's not. <laughs> But, but we, we don't guarantee no. <laughs> any of that. No. So 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 more boringly, what it's about is <laughs> is helping people learn the I call them the street skills, the life skills yeah. to be able to succeed. Yeah, you know, yeah. you've come awesome. out of university, you have you have made it to the start line. Congratulations, well done. That's fantastic. Yeah. However, you're probably. Um, unconsciously incompetent uh, unless you happen to have great parents who taught you emotional intelligence, some great mentors and leaders, but they're not in abundance in veterinary mm -hmm. schools uh, and most of our teaching institutions. Mm. Um, and most of our parents did the best they could, but mm. also did not have these skills. It's mm -hmm. only now we're really becoming aware of the importance of the EQ component EQ. in yep. terms yeah. of, of life. And the great news is that EQ is something you can develop. It's a muscle you can flex. You know, IQ, yeah, well. I I think it's kind of you know you hear people saying well you know there's there's a growth in the fixed mindset I don't think that's got a lot to do with IQ um, uh, but EQ is is very much a skill that you you can you can work on even if you have none of it just now there's there's plenty of things you can practice mm -hmm. so so VEDEX focuses on uh, you know really 
people's journey towards leadership or ownership yeah. of some kind. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't focus on any one group particularly. So veterinarians as a broad category leave school and we pick them up with uh, emotional intelligence. Uh, how to have um, persuasion conversations in the yeah, exam room. Yeah. So they don't have to feel like they're selling because yeah. they don't have to sell. No. Um, how to um, build up um, their own confidence, overcome their fears, how to, how to work on and build the resilience. Um, and, I, and I think you know, we need to move the conversation from resilience on its own to resilience and tenacity. You know, resilience gets you to bend back from where you started to where you, where, you, know, to where you were. Um, tenacity is what you need in order to grow and, mm-hmm. to, and to get over your problem, to keep going. Um, so, so VEDEX teaches them these, so it's 12 modules, we push them through the class and at the end of that, they can do them at their own speed, they can do mm. them in a week, a month or a year, mm. but they've got access to that as a core training group and then we provide them all over the world, we've got mentors and once a month oh, they can amazing. meet as a group with their oh. mentor, so Steve Noonan is the yeah, North American mentor, yeah. I hired him as my mentor yeah. for a year, a, a man with a bigger heart I'm yet to meet, down in Australia, Shibley down, down in Australia, Again, aligned values. Yeah. Like, all these guys are, are, are incredible people, and we're always looking for more mentors to come in and give back into the, their communities. And people it's are so generous cool. with their time. And that's awesome. So, yeah. so sorry, I have to break this off uh, because you know we can we're talk for this forever. Yeah. Oh, no. uh, we will put the link in our. Thank you. Very yeah, much. we'll put, so we'll put whatever links so. you'd, you'd like um, uh, with the uh, with the mm-hmm. show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we really mm-hmm. appreciate what you're doing, and uh, yeah. wonderful to have you on. Yeah. Uh, on this podcast, yes. so thank you so much. And thank I, I enjoyed the me. chance to bluntly dissect you. I know. Did, yeah. that was I, good. Didn't, I don't feel too <laughs> violated. Feel thing, and really. you do have to come back, though, because uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't there's ask a lot the more to talk question. about. Yeah, so, there's a lot more to talk about. But that will come in the next one. Cliffhangers. Definitely the next one. Cliffhanger. So thank you so much. Yes, thanks, Dave. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Her Podcast. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two can-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yerla Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. 